Are you in a relationship and wondering whether you should stay or go? Are you thinking about getting engaged or already engaged? Are you married and stuck in a rut? I work with all three groups in my coaching practice, and what makes me unique is that my clients have access to me in between sessions via WhatsApp. As a result, they end up having what amounts to a relationship concierge, someone who's standing by ready to help couples dig their way out of conflict and help singles navigate new love. Lately, I've been hearing a lot more from single women who are in a relationship. What if we're not politically aligned? What do we do about our student debt? When is it too soon or too late to have sex? What if he or she only texts me and never calls? Can a long-distance relationship work? Let's face it, the dating scene is a mess. We can't even call it dating anymore. It's just considered hanging out or having a situationship. What the hell is a situationship? Women don't have time to mess around with situationships. Get in or get out. Don't waste time with men who won't commit. Believe it or not, there's a way to sift through the rubble and wind up married if that is what you want. All you lack is a roadmap. I provide women with the roadmap they need and help them travel it too. If you or if a woman you know is currently in a relationship she wants to lead to marriage, I can help. My last client was married and pregnant within a year of working with me. You are insanely helpful, she wrote to me afterward. It made my day. So let's get you unstuck so you can find the love you crave. Just go to SuzanneBanker.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a session today. From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. It is very fitting for me to introduce my guest today, who happens to be a fellow Midwesterner. She's a blogger and YouTuber who goes by the moniker Mrs. Midwest and has made quite a name for herself by touting the power of femininity and traditional family values. Her blog is called Mrs. Midwest, and she joined YouTube in 2019 with the goal of creating a haven for traditionally feminine women trying to find their place in the modern world. It is her aim to help women blossom into their natural femininity through discussions on style, mindset, and relationships. What Caitlin's work ultimately proves is that being successful as a woman does not have to mean rejecting female nature and adopting traditionally male traits. In this way, she and I share a similar mission, which is to give voice to the everyday woman and to show the power of men and women as complementary rather than competitive beings. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so happy to talk with you. Really, I've um, I've had some people over the last year or two mention, like, have you heard of this Mrs. Midwest? Oh. You have to have her on. <laughs> and I did, and I just didn't get right on it. And now so I have. Sweet. So I'm thrilled to have you with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm a fan of the show. So, you know, I was just looking up these topics online and your podcast showed up and yeah. I saw that you were already following me on Instagram and I was like really excited because I awesome. was a big fan. So it was great to get connected. Yeah. Yeah. You have quite a social media following. So let's <laughs> just put on the table our age difference here for everybody. So Caitlin <laughs> is 25, 26, I 26, guess 26. Sorry, 26. Yep. 
mm-hmm. 26. I'm 53. So she's quite, <laughs> you're, you're right at the, um, you're at the tail end of the millennials. And yeah, I, I don't it's know weird. how you I like don't yourself. fully relate with a lot of millennial stuff, but I don't fully relate with a lot of Gen Z stuff. I've been seeing that come up a lot with people um, born like around 95, which is when I was born. You know, it's, it's kind of that in between time. Like I don't really remember the nineties, you know, I was so young, but a lot of millennials really do. So yeah. This is curious to me. What, what do you see as the biggest difference between millennials and Gen Z? Cause I have two Gen Z kids. That's why I'm pointing out our age difference here and very interested in Gen Z needless to say. Yeah. I would say, you know, there's definitely more of like a pull with like Facebook, especially with millennials. My husband's one year older than me and he's all over Facebook. I am not there at all, you know? And, um, I feel like Facebook is so yesterday, (laughs) (laughs) but just so you know, everybody listening is probably uses Facebook. I do notice like a lot of Gen Z, not so much. There's, I feel like there's definitely, I, people older than me, I noticed this, you know, when they graduated university, um, my, my, age group was like the last group to get married right away. Now I'm noticing everyone younger than us, if they were dating in college, they're waiting a few years or they're not even dating in college. They're just waiting longer and longer. That's really interesting. I feel like there's um, a difference too in like the way they express themselves online, you know, then there's like the fashion and all of that. But I do think it's, you know, you, it's still kind of forming out, you know, the differences. Also Gen Z is so young. So I feel like they're going to change as well as they get older. I feel like too, they have just had. So I was going to ask you about this later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Go for it. I was going to, but I'm going to ask you now. So is your, are your followers, tell me about your followers. What, what are the ages? Yeah. It's mostly eight, I would say 18 to 35. So a mixture, but we are starting to see a lot younger women too. So, and I think the people who are kind of the biggest, you could say fans, like the people who reach out the most, like they'll send me PO box mail, they'll email me. Those women are usually under the age of 25 to 15 to 25. Um, And then, yeah, you get your occasional woman who's, you know, had six kids and she's a grandmother and she supports, but I would say it's definitely um, women, you know, anywhere from like 15 to 35, Um, which is such a wonderful age group in my Mm -hmm. opinion, you know, all because it's life just changes so much. Um, but I would definitely say, I see a lot of women who it's not so much their age that unites them. It's like that feeling of, I don't quite fit in, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I don't quite fit in with greater society or I feel slightly uncomfortable with this path I've been put on or what my parents want me to do or whatever. And so they're searching for like-minded women and they often find my content or the content of other um, homemakers who emphasize femininity. And that's kind of how they, you know, find it. And and with the older women, you'll find women who maybe they've been a feminist for a really long time or they've gone down a different path. Yeah. And now they're trying to plug back into femininity. And then with the younger women, you have women who maybe were raised in more traditional households. They don't like, like a lot of the messaging for their generation, or you'll have women in a transitional age, like 24, 25. They, they think, Oh, I kind of want to settle down. And I didn't want kids Mm -hmm. six years ago, but now I, I kind of do, you know, and I can relate with that as well. And so it's, it's just, I think a lot of women, women who are searching for like an identity Mm -hmm. in this world and just not really 
jiving, I guess you could say, with feminism and, and, you know, this really brash, aggressive kind of framework that that has been set out for women. Yeah. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Yeah. I can't, I can't listen to all this and not mention that I have this book coming out in August oh. called, yeah, yeah, called How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched. And oh. it is specifically for the mm. exact group that mm -hmm. you just identified. Yes. In yes. fact, the subtitle is called A 12-Step Program for marriage-minded women. I love that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. marriage-minded women. Yes, because it's not about just, oh, I need to get married by 24 and pop out some kids and then, you know, get divorced by 38, you know? No, we want to no. be married for life. Yep. Like that's that's another thing I'm seeing. It's it's women who want to build like a, an entire life. They don't just want to cruise through their 20s. They don't just want to get the next material thing. They they're thinking they're thinking so long term, kind of like how I did, you know, yep. where will Same. I be at 70? You know, what will my life look like? How can I build the life that I want super long term, you know? Absolutely. So, that is like yeah. a key of this whole thing. Yes. That, that book sounds like it's so needed. <laughs> it is so needed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited about it. It kind of combines a lot of things I've done in the past into one package. And it just identifies these four main lies. The culture has told women mm. in the part one mm -hmm. and then the part two Ooh. is, is, is the detox. I call it a detox. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm too. <laughs> I'm too. So in a few months I'll be, be pushing right. that big time, but okay. So, so let's start with, um, well, kind of what you just said. I have a quote here. Um, and just so everybody knows, I, you know, she has, uh, Caitlin has a, obviously a big YouTube um, platform. So she, there's just tons of videos on there. And I went through a handful of them to, and just sort of pulled out some, some comments or uh, videos, you know, topics that she has addressed. And we're going to talk about that today. So on one of them, you wrote, modern feminism has become a notorious exclusive girls club reserved for the badass woman who slay through life independent and smashing the patriarchy mm. women like most of you well first you identified yourself women like me meaning you and most mm -hmm. of you your followers don't fit into that role it's not natural to us mm. and anybody <laughs> who's following my program knows exactly why i would want to have you on because that sounds like mm. something i would say mm -hmm. and i want to and i want to broaden it to say I, you know i don't i don't i think it's not natural to most women not just hmm. your specific followers, but that I'm very more soft normal most of the time with my language because it's yeah, I know I could tell a yes, a huge <laughs> concept behind my YouTube channel and my blog in general is just I saw a lot of um, content, you know, talking about these problems, but it was so harsh it turned off a lot of women, especially young women, and the feminism and all of that messaging is super persuasive. And I studied persuasion in university, like I knew all of that, and so my goal was to create palatable videos that wouldn't turn off women, you know, especially people who have grown up in the mainstream, people who don't hear these kind of ideas often. Um, and, and just so that they could hear different perspectives, you know, not to manipulate them, to force them to believe this stuff, but just so that they wouldn't turn it off right away or write it off, you know? So, um, but I would agree. I do think most women don't fit into this and, you know, I really haven't talked about fe feminism head on since mm -hmm. starting my channel, just because I kind of came out with a boom and then I like calmed down over a while, over the time. And now I'm yeah. um, a mom and all of that, but I'm still so passionate about this topic because I believe that it has really damaged a lot of lives. And I've seen this in, you know, my friends' lives. I've seen this in real life. I've seen this online. I've received countless emails, countless letters about it. And, you know, there's, it's so pervasive mm -hmm. 
I don't think there's much we can do on like a huge scale, but if we all do our like small part, I feel like we can really help other women see, you know, Hey, if you're not, you know, enjoying this messaging, if it's not suiting your life, you don't have to like live this life. And, and it's also so, it's so (laughs) sneaky because they get you in college with, men and women deserve equal rights. Mm-hmm. I agree. And and that's what feminism is. And then, and then you, you agree with that. And then before you know it, you're agreeing with the next thing that you agree with. And then the next thing and the next thing, and they're adding everything on until finally you're arguing for obesity being okay and body positivity and every single little argument under the sun from veganism to, you know, mm-hmm. refugees and all the intersectional points. And we're not even talking about women anymore. And it's like, the movement was created for women. And so that's what I'm passionate about. And those other things, sure, they're important and they have a space online for people who are interested in them. But I want to help women thrive. And I want to be honest about what helps them thrive. Love it. And the thing is, a lot of them know deep down. And that's why most of my videos are just like, what do you actually feel at the end of the Mm -hmm. day? What do you want to do? What do you feel the best, you know, at? And (laughs) I, it's just, it's really sad, I guess you could say, you know, to see so many people being lied to. And especially for women, we have such a short period of time where we can build that life we want because of our biological clocks, because of the dating market and the the, the reality of dating after 45 yep. or whatever, you know? And, and that's why I think it's so important to create these messages for young yeah, women. And tell the truth. Really, this is about telling tell the, the truth, truth, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the thing is, the truth for somebody could be, I love my career. I will never, mm-hmm. you know, want children. I sometimes listen to podcasts from women who are just totally different from me, you know, because those people are out there. Sure. But I don't think it's the majority. And and I also think a lot of people think what they want at 18 is what they're going to want at 28. And that's just not true. You know, I did not play with baby dolls. I did not care about that. I wanted to get married, but I never really thought about babies until after I was married. And then things changed. You know, can you imagine if I decided never to get married because I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want a family, you know, things change. And, and if we create a life where we can't pivot away from where we're headed, that's scary. Definitely. And so It's just, I really think, you know, these women our age or whatever, they don't have to like choose, okay, I'm going to get married by 25 and I'm going to have six kids and this is how it's going to be, but at least pivot your life where that could be an option. You know, you're not so boiled down in this like insane career that you can't even meet a guy, you know, you're not hooking up with every person that you're so damaged and you have so much baggage that you can't even fathom, you know, um, the emotional weight of a marriage, you know? And so I just think it's really important for, like I said at the beginning, that long-term plan, you know, not just thinking what you want tomorrow and, and really just stepping away from that hedonistic, like way of living. But I know a lot of young people fall into that. I don't fault people either. Like I understand why people think this stuff is good for them or it's going to make them happy. I do understand, but it's not going to make me stop talking about it. No. And not only that, I don't understand how we can expect them to think any other way when that's what they are fed every day. It isn't really their fault. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the arguments I'm making with this book. It's like, it sounds like I'm, you know, harping on, on, on young people, but the truth of the matter is I, d- I wouldn't expect them to think any other way. No, not at all. When you sell that message. Yes. Yes. And, and it's so pervasive. Like I even have days where, you know, you're scrolling on Instagram and you see you know, the feminine leader or the female lead, I think it's called like Instagram pages, very feminist. And they're just sharing all this content. And you think like, 
wow, this does not resonate with me. And am I a bad person because of this? And, and women just, we want to be included. You know, we want to fit in. We want to, you know, have harmony. That's pretty typical. And that's a pretty common feminine trait. A lot of women just naturally have. And so it makes sense that they want to go with the flow. They, yeah. they don't want to cause an uproar yeah. and they don't want to be perceived as a quote unquote bad person. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. I really do. It's not fun looking, you know, at like, for example, if you look up me online, people say all kinds of crazy stuff about me, you know, because essentially they don't like the core messaging that, mm -hmm. you know, I've put out. They'll accuse me of all sorts of stuff that I've never said or don't mm -hmm. believe. Mm -hmm. And it's not fun. I'm a woman and I don't like it. I want everyone to like me. You know, I want to be in harmony with even my enemies. But the reality is nowadays that's just not going to happen. And I don't think it's worth sacrificing like people's actual happiness, you know, so that you feel for these the beliefs. Time. Yes. Yeah. You mean, yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, it's, oh my gosh. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's, you know, my argument has always been you can't just do nothing or say nothing mm -hmm. because then you're not, at the very least, you need to be passing this on to your children at the very yes. least so that they are um, fortified with what the truth is when they're getting all this stuff from, from the mm -hmm. culture. And so, and there are parents who have failed miserably at this. And sometimes yeah. it isn't, again, it kind of happened without their realizing it to some mm -hmm. degree. They didn't realize how much was changing and how much their kids were being fed. On the other hand, that's your job to know what's being said. <laughs> right. And I'm so it's, I'm always towing the line there. And like, at the end of the day, parenting is your only um, opportunity to have a voice during those years that you have children at home, you cannot, mm -hmm. you can't be convinced that they're going to follow your messages. If, mm -hmm. You know, if they don't, they don't. But the point is that you've, you've given the alternative mm -hmm. and you've modeled it hopefully. And, and I think most of the time they, that, that your, your voice will be, well, I know it will be more important than, than the culture or their friends over time. It won't always seem yeah. that way. Um, yeah. But it's like, you're it's showing duty. them like a safe place of, you know, I believe these things. You, you'll hear this stuff from the culture, but this is what I believe. And, and as they grow up, most often people do want to recreate what they saw that worked, you know, as absolutely. Kids. And so if you do that effectively and you show them, you know, you know, you might be different from the culture, but you're like me and we're a family, you know, yeah. that's comforting. It's comforting to have people who do have similar beliefs. And that's another thing. Um, you know, why I think you mentioned, you know, I have a big online presence. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily just because of like how I made my content or anything special. I think it's because there's so many people looking to belong, um, outside of that mainstream feminism. Like, like your the, uh, quote you used from me that I must've said a few years ago now, but it's still so true of just so many women feel like they don't belong, um, to that. And I guess the biggest message that I have tried to put out is if you don't belong to that, that's okay. And you're not a bad person. You're not a weak woman. You're not a stupid woman and you're not a failure at life. If anything, you're stronger for <laughs> swimming upstream, you know, for choosing, um, kind of the hard path. It is a hard path nowadays mm -hmm. to most often. It's not just going against what your friends are doing or the social media. It's even going against what your parents want to do. I get Bingo. countless emails. My mom and dad oh. want me to go to masters. Oh. They want me this. They want me that. And the sickest part of it to me is that these parents, they got to get married. They got to have their little happy home life. They got to have their babies. They got to have all this. And then they're forcing their children out of such 
joy that they already got to experience. It, it grosses me out. Amen. Honestly. <laughs> oh my God. Amen. Yeah. I mean, I cannot tell you the number of people that I know whose parents are basically mm. like kids, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like the kids are the parents and the parents are thinking mm. like the mm. kids, like just a very yes, juvenile. Oh, just bizarre. worry about that later. Mm -hmm. Go have fun. Ugh, Go find yeah. yourself, get, make money. All mm -hmm. of these messages that are completely, and there's, there's no follow through with it. Like, okay, so if you want mm -hmm. me to wait 10 years to get married, what am I going to do in the meantime? Let's, let's talk well, about yes, that. Absolutely. And, and it's insane too. You'll even see this in the Christian community. This is what bothers me. Wait till marriage, wait till marriage, but don't get married till 28. Yeah. How bingo. unrealistic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've never heard anybody else say this, but no. me. Oh, really? thank you. Oh, those I've, two oh, do not go together. Is, no. no, my husband Ma and I talk about, Oh that my God. Makes like me if nuts. you're single I, and you just really haven't found the right person and you're celibate, you know, according to your Christian beliefs, that's one thing. But if so many Christian parents expect their kids to date, just celibate date for years and that, torture, cruel torture. <laughs> not, it's just, not just torture. Uh, it just doesn't exist that way anymore. Now, on my mother's day, my so parents are both cruel. gone, Yeah, but my parents were born in 19, my dad was in 1922, my mother in 1930. She could date around in the 50s, mm, 40s and 50s. Yeah. 1930s, 1950s mm -hmm. and not have sex with them. People didn't do that. You could actually even right. date more than one guy at one time. Right. Casual. <laughs> yeah. Like in the real sense. I know. Of I was, I was thinking about that the other week, how much I wish my friends had access to that type yes. of lifestyle. Same, yes. same, same. Mm -hmm. I really wish that was still here, but you know what? That is not coming back. So no the reality <laughs> is that cat has been out of the bag. So, so mm -hmm. the idea of casual dating in that mm -hmm. genuine sense is never going to happen, which means yeah. you cannot simultaneously tell someone to wait for marriage and, no. um, and, 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 and be celibate at the same time or whatever. She's no. not going to fly. And there's also this lie that you have to be single in order to grow as an individual. And that grosses me out too, for a few reasons, because first of all, a lot of people I know have become better people since being in relationship. I am one of them. You know, you having that close accountability, especially if you're, you know, not a narcissist, you're willing to change, you know how to say, I'm sorry. You can grow exponentially in a marriage, in a relationship. And it, and what happened to growing together? You know, I saw um, Gretchen McGreer, she's a homemaker on Instagram I follow, and she did a and a this week and someone asked her, you know, why did you get married so young? Because she had revealed that her and her husband had, they were basically homeless when they got married. Now they're fine. But she was saying that, you know, to me, marriage is a journey. It's not a destination. I'm not going to get married after I've accomplished all these things, after I've established myself. I want to do that with my partner, yep. you know, how we can grow together and achieve that together. And, you know, unfortunately, I think for a lot of people, that journey breaks them and they just get divorced. But for me, that journey of building your life together, getting married young, um, I think that really fuses the marriage. You know, having a newborn baby, I think it wasn't as hard for us because we had gone through so much already as a young married couple. And we'd have that opportunity to grow versus being older, being established, being two separate people. You know, I'm not saying you can't make it work when you're older. You absolutely can. But to push this narrative that we all have to wait till we're 30 is ridiculous. And it's also insane because it just ignores biology. And yep. then you have yes. all these women having yep. to do I to VF and yep. that's a whole oh other story, God. but yeah. It's like a promo for my book. I love it. Um, <laughs> seriously, because that is the ultimate message yeah. is that you have to follow through all these messages you're passing on to the young and, and yeah. think it through about what you're actually asking of them. Yes. They're confused. Yes. That's, and that, it's that just message not is a realistic. Example. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, just really quickly to comment on that, just you look at the money, the the debt that young people are in right now. So all so much of that, it has to do with having delayed marriage because you're focused solely on your career and you go back to school and back to school, you take on all this debt and then you're trying to come into marriage eight years later with all the debt. Mm -hmm. Well, you could have done that totally different. First of all, first of all, marriage doesn't keep you from getting educated. Absolutely. You can still get married and have a career. It's the kids. Right. Once you have children is when that's mm-hmm. going to, that plan's going to mm-hmm. get derailed. So marriage itself doesn't derail your education. You can get I your do. money, life in order yes. and all of that while getting married. And so my argument is get your person first mm. and make all your other decisions around that. And you will I succeed. I do think too, though, people like to collect degrees as, you know, mm. It's a way of validating intelligence. It's a way of validating. I had the money to go to college. I had the time. I have the smarts. Look how accomplished I am. And not everyone has an ulterior motive, but if you're not using that degree in a severe way, five years later, mm-hmm. why did you aren't. get it? Yes. Which, most aren't. Yes. which, which is not an argument not to go to college. That's not the point <laughs> right. we're making. I know. I don't regret going to university, but after my third year, I, I was done my major. I do regret not just dropping out and using those skills because I ended up a YouTuber, homemaker. Now I'm barely doing any content online and I'm being a mom, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's, it's rough for women out there is what I'm just like that. It's just rough in so many different ways. And it's, it's also sad, like women I grew up with, um, I'm seeing them, you know, they've, their career, they don't really enjoy working. They mm-hmm. like being in school. They don't mm-hmm. like working. So they'll go back and get another degree mm-hmm. and they're not really meeting the guy yet. So I'll go back to college. That's where I used to meet guys. Like I'll, I'll get my master's and maybe I'll meet another one, you know? And, and it's just, it's a very safe haven. It's like a safe place for women, you yeah, know? And I get be. that college for is sure. comfortable, but you can't do it forever, you know? And, and work <laughs> is work, you know? And I think often we have this like really glamorous idea of yep. what a career is. I know I had that when I was 14, you know, you think of the apartment downtown and the, mm-hmm. the classy job, but mm-hmm. it's a job at the end of the day. And I really think it's important to focus on our, you know, life outside of work, you know, and what's that going to look like? And also recognizing alternative paths, like being a homemaker, which is a huge reason I went online. So let's get into those specifics. Sure. So just to, um, one of the first things I wanted to say was that you represent, I would call you as a traditional homemaker, you represent about a quarter of married mothers with children today. Just a little FYI, Mm. in case you didn't know background, I represent another 25 and then 50% of married mothers are roughly 50, it's actually a little bit less, 48, 49, are full-time year-round, what you'd call, well, I don't know if Hmm. we use this term anymore, but working mothers. Mm -hmm. Um, The 25%, like myself, are people, are married mothers who work Mm part-time, right? And then the ones who are fully, fully at home, although you you could actually argue that you're really in my group because- And I know exactly. Yeah. (laughs) When I was your age. So I I mean, when I was your age, I didn't have a child yet, but Mm. your, your trajectory is, is a little bit like mine in that you, you know, you're in and then you're out when you have babies and then you're Mm -hmm. likely going to get back in part time Mm -hmm. somehow. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it from home. I did it from home. I quit my, Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher by (laughs) trade. I taught in my twenties. I quit, get this when I was pregnant with my oldest. Oh, that's Talk about people are like you're doing what? I mean, I didn't even wait until I had the baby. I was pregnant. I'm like, well, I'm leaving because I'm going oh, home. That's a good next. choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I wanted to get some things going, knowing that my life was going to be forever changed for the next 20 years. So I actually, mm-hmm. 
I was tutoring a little bit, you know, and, and when you have one baby, you can work on a schedule very, very easily. But then when you have two, all vets are off. So yep. <laughs> once I had my second, I was totally out of the picture and I just mm-hmm. blogged whenever I could because blogging was just starting then. Yeah. Um, but I didn't write my second book until they were both in school, mm. like school, school, like, you know, first mm-hmm. grade. Um, all of which is to say, I represent about a quarter of married mothers who move in and out of the workforce throughout the course of their lives as the needs mm-hmm. of their families change. And then there's about 25 who are fully not employed, um, married, you know, mothers at home. And then there's about 48, 49 who are what you see in the media, which yeah. people like to think that's what majority is, but guess what? It's not. Yeah. It's not. Most yeah. married mothers prefer to work not at all or part-time when mm-hmm. they have children at home. Mm-hmm. So that's just something a little, a little, um, well, and it would be interesting to know how much of that 49, 51% is there by necessity yes. versus actual desire. Choice. Like they desire. could stay home. Yeah. That's very well, fascinating as well. Actually, there is research on that and I don't oh. have the exact numbers on it <laughs> yeah. in front of me, but there is, there has been research on that. Um, so if you dig, you can find what percentage mm. of those people actually want to be there. And what you'll find generally speaking is that um, when asked what their preferences are, the vast majority will say, they prefer to work tar- part-time, part-time or not at all, yeah. but they can't mm-hmm. or they don't or whatever, whatever yeah. the reason may be. Maybe yeah. they're married to men who, husbands who don't make and they feel that they can't afford it mm-hmm. or they didn't know they can't afford it because mm-hmm. one of the arguments, again, that I'm going to be making this year is that you're making all these decisions financially without any consideration of the fact that you're going to be out of the workforce. So you'll build oh, up all this yeah. debt. You're making, you're, you're buying mm-hmm. houses based on two incomes instead of one. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that. Don't do that because then you're going to get stuck down the road. So when they say they have to work, to some degree they do, but they didn't have to. They just made all these bad choices. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I got asked, or I still get asked a lot about the financial side of having a partner that stays home. And I've covered that in a few videos here and there because it's a very realistic question. And um, oftentimes, once you answer those questions, people will run home. You know, the people who want to be home, those wives, they will fix it up and they'll, they'll go home. You, you know? give them the numbers you mean? Yeah. Like explain well, you how give to do them it? The, the way, the how to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like you said earlier, a lot of it comes down to debt. I would say, um, it's also, you know, I talk a lot in my relationship videos about compatibility based on future goals. That's one of like the top three compatibility I say to focus on and what in future goals it's what is your desired lifestyle. The problem we have nowadays is a lot of people are just, we're exposed to luxury way more than ever before because of social media. And so we think it's very normal to have lifestyles that these influencers have. That's another reason I, I did start making vlogs online because I just live in, you know, a little 1960s ranch. We are not like my husband's a law enforcement officer. We're not pulling in the big bucks, but I have a happy life. And so, you know, we're exposed to luxury. And so not only do you have women that want these like target haul every single day kind of lifestyles, but you'll even have husbands that mm-hmm. when they picture their future lifestyle, it's their income plus marrying a career woman. Yep. And, and that's very trapping, you know, because if she has those babies, her hormones and her desires change and she wants to stay home, then you might have a bit of resentment from the husband or you'll have to go through a huge lifestyle change. And it's just, it's, it's tragic. It's just really, yes, it's really sad. And I will say though, too, you know, we think, oh, nowadays inflation and all this stuff, possibly we can't afford it. I would say yes, 
but there's other things that we're doing to ourselves. You know, we, in the seventies, eighties, we weren't buying the, the amount of clothing we do nowadays, the little gadgets, the iPhones, oh, we could do computers. a whole thing just on yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe and we so, even should of what that looks know, like down, right? right down to the budget, right? Yes. Frugal living is like a pillar of what yes. I talk about online because of that, because I really think people are actually holding themselves back from staying home. It's not yes. just, you know, yes. where they live or whatever. I mean, if you're living in Franklin, Tennessee, yeah, you might not be able to stay home. That's a really nice area. But you, you live in a rural place like I do, really kind of beachy, fun, northern town. It's affordable, you know? And I think, too, there's always the concept, too, of maybe not right now, but maybe we could get there five years from now. Yep. I think so many people can be very defeatist, like, oh, I can't afford it tomorrow. I can't afford to stay home tomorrow. I'll never be a homemaker. That's just crazy that some people do that. And it's like, you know, if that's your dream, work towards it. You know, we work towards degrees in school. We work towards promotions. You can work towards having, you know, a wife that stays home or a stay-at-home mom or a part-time or whatever. Um, I think people just, you know, think bigger. It's kind of my also message, you know, think bigger in a variety of ways about your life, about your, your family and stuff. And something I wanted to talk briefly about today was, um, you know, we always talk about how the media tells young women, you know, this is what it's like. This is the kind of woman you should be. This is what feminism says you should be. But the cool thing nowadays, I don't think that the powers that be expected is that now we have bloggers online. You have mommy bloggers showing the joys of being a mother. Mm -hmm. You have YouTubers with children. You have homemakers like me staying at home. And so we're getting this, you know, sometimes people play it up and they're not showing all the, you know, darkness that can happen. But they're, they're seeing that being at home with kids is not this hellhole that, you know, Betty Friedan talked about yeah. in her book in the fifties, you know, it's not this horrible mm -hmm. trapped housewife life. And, and I've even seen this huge push with even just feminine fashion because like religious influencers are creating their own fashion lines now, you know, and they're offering dresses where the stores aren't, you know, it's just really interesting. Well, this like I, this I didn't know this curveball. Yes. It's a total yeah. curveball where women are able to see lifestyles that the media won't show them Excellent. because of social media it. and it's organic and it's growing on its own. And it's really cool. Like the amount of femininity accounts that have popped up in the last two years alone is incredible, you know, yeah. and it's because of social media. So I, yeah. I just feel like even though it's really dark out there, there's also like hope in a sense, you know, for women to find alternative lifestyles. That's even how I find your or your podcast, you know, because yeah. of alternative media. So I do think that, Can you I know, women you are brainwashed, but at the same time, there's options. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that what we're talking about is considered an alternative lifestyle. Right. Like yeah. I, that burns <laughs> me, that makes me want to just crawl into a hole and die. I'm just, mm. I'm so sad. <laughs> Because I, mean, I want yeah. people to know that this is not alternative. This is actually yeah. normal. It's just that yes. the other part has been not. Alternative to I know what you mean. I get it. Alternative to yeah. New York or whatever. I, no, yeah. I get it. I get exactly <laughs> what you meant. But I hate that it has to even oh, be described that way. Yeah. It should just be an option. It shouldn't be like, oh, I'm doing this dark, dirty, evil thing with my life if I go and be a homemaker. It should just be fine. Like, we're, we support you. Do what makes you happy, you know? It should be more. It my daughter's convinced that my daughter's convinced so she's 21 and she's convinced mm -hmm. that her generation is um much more like that they that they've adopted that mentality unlike mm -hmm. millennials who actually yeah. beneath them 
Yeah, I would say I that's, that's that. a difference between Gen Z. I am seeing a lot of Gen Zers balk against the idea that, you know, you have to be this punk, tough, alternative girl, not like other girls. You know, they've been pointing out that that's really sexist. And I've talked about that two years ago. I made a video about, you know, the misogyny of <laughs> modern feminism just yeah. because it's it Amen. forces women to be like men. And I've noticed a lot of Gen Zers, even liberal ones, latching onto femininity in their own way, you know, and mm. showing like, you can dress like legally blonde and still be smart, you know, kind of pushing against that really archaic idea, you know, that women have to act like men to be true people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And so one of the things I wanted to, the reason why I wanted to distinguish between the people who are fully, you know, cause I do have a couple of friends who are you know, not employed home with kids, right. you know, kids are getting older. They're still unemployed. I shouldn't say unemployed. They're just not employed. They're wives and mothers. Um, that's not been my trajectory, right? I've chosen a different way. And what, what I want is for people to understand that it's not, um, the women you see in the media and then the homemakers of the world. There's this vast mm. middle ground yes, that because absolutely. of technology has allowed mm -hmm. you to dabble in both in mm -hmm. piecemeal fashion, which is what I've done mm -hmm. over the course of your life. And does that mean that some careers won't be an option because at the end of the day, you're still going to have to make a choice? Yes. Some of them will. If mm -hmm. you want to be a brain surgeon or a partner in a law firm, guess what? Mm -hmm. You're going to have a problem. You're going to run mm -hmm. into massive uh, conflict there. So you're going to have to make a choice, but that's not what most people do. Most people mm -hmm. do move in and out of the workforce and they have jobs, mm -hmm. not careers, or like you and me, they're able to do it from home or over or on a, in an online way. So those opportunities are what, in my opinion, make motherhood today so much better than it was mm -hmm. 60 years ago in some respects, worse than others, but that you, 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 you do have more opportunities available to you without Absolutely. leaving the home. That's all I'm yeah. saying. If that's something that's holding you back yeah, yeah. from having children or yeah. staying home for a period of time, absolutely. Because everything is much more fluid. And the thing too about millennials that they might not even want to admit to themselves is they don't even like staying at the same job for more than four or five years. Oh God. They don't, yeah. they don't like it. Right. So no. stay for five Perfect. years, go start your family, come back. Yeah. You know, you're, Stop acting like you're going to be there 25 years. Exactly. Most of us That's aren't. my point. That's yes. not a thing. Yeah. My favorite um, labor and delivery nurse I had when I gave birth, she is, I think she was 40, 43 or something. And she had just finished nursing school and she had um, eight year old twin boys at you know, they, they're in school now. And so she yeah. was, you know, I'm going to go start my career and do what yeah. I want. And, yep. and, you know, still, and she was working, I think part-time, but it was perfect. And she was so happy to be there. She's got like this new focus in her forties. And, and I think so many people are only planning until they're like mid thirties. I know. Like, they're exactly. gonna do. It's so absurd. I'm like, you're going to live, you're gonna live so many more decades. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was saying to my girlfriend, she's a realtor and she's really waffling about when to have children. And I said, you know, one of the most successful real estate agents in our town is a woman who's 60 and she started her career in her late forties, early fifties. And she's the most successful real estate Love agent it. around. Like Love you it. people need to hear that more, Kate. Okay. They need yes. to hear so much true. more about that. I mean, I would be happy not ever really taking off in a career at just being a mom, you know, mm -hmm. but I understand that some people desire those, you know, roles. I have another friend who's, who really wants to be a nurse after she's, you know, yeah. done five years at home. That's fine. Um, and, and there are options. It's not this like one way or the yes, other, like you said, homemakers saying. versus right. career woman. Yeah. Absolutely.
Yes. That just gets me. And I don't, I think too, it's a lot about educating your husband on the options. Cause I think a lot of husbands are like, wait, if you stop working, then we're going to lose all this income. And it's like, Hey, let's approach this from, you know, an intelligent perspective where we can see the variety of options. Yes. I think if everyone just kind of relaxed a little bit, they could see, you know, zoom out and see the bigger picture, you know, see the options before them. You know, you don't have to live in a 4,000 square foot house. You could downsize. You could have one car. You know, it's not yep. the end of the world. I just, yeah. It's about trading. <laughs> options. Um, I call it trading money for meaning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, you have absolutely. to make, yeah, you're going to make choices throughout your life in that respect, whether you're talking about kids or, or just a lifestyle um, mm-hmm. throughout the course of your life, you're going to have to make those decisions. And it's, it's, do you want more money and less meaning or less money and more meaning? And to me, think, the latter is always going to yeah. win out. Well, and it's appealing to really traditional women where we're like, oh, my husband can take care of the money. Like I I won't overspend. That's my side of it. But, you know, he he can protect and provide or whatever. You know, I think that's appealing too to a lot of women who want to stay home and they don't want to be bothered with the finances, you know, and they're willing to be frugal. They're willing to be thrifty. They're willing to work on a budget. You Mm -hmm. know, it's nice. (laughs) It's sometimes hates anything money. Uh, right. oriented. I keep and telling her, are. no, you've got to be involved in the budget. <laughs> well, Sit yeah, down yeah. with the budget, Especially, Caitlin. Yeah, you got to know what's going on, but <laughs> I, I understand Caitlin? your point completely. Is her name Caitlin? No, her name's, um, oh, sorry. I was talking to you just then. Uh, her oh, name's okay. Emma. I was yeah. like, that's funny, but yeah, it's just, I know there's, there's women who want to be involved in the finances, but even for women who are very traditional, there are men out there that will marry you. Yes. Like there's just, like I keep saying, there's so many ways to go about life Life, and it's not just this really specific career woman path. And and the thing is, you know, often with the career woman path, they do include marriage and children, but it's in a, it's like a sliver of time. It's like, you have to meet your husband at 28, no earlier, no later, you know, get married like right before you turn 30, like two months before you turn 30 and then pop the baby out one year later and, it, and then it'll all work out. But it doesn't work, work like that, that for everybody, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, I, I guess if people just wanted to know what I'm all about or what I believe, I would just say, just relax, zoom out and look at the long-term plan for your life. Factor in if you're going to be traditional at any point, you know, so many people get married and realize they're more traditional than uh, they realize. Amen. I have so I'm many saying amen a lot, Caitlin. Amen. <laughs> so many girlfriends who they come to me and they're like, oh my goodness, my husband wants me to make dinner every day. But when we were dating, he was like this hipster, rock climbing, relaxed, kind of chill guy. And then I said, well, did his mom stay home? Yeah. Well, that's what he's used to. You know, people change a little bit when they get married. And that's something mm-hmm. too. When I talk about compatibility, reflect on, you know, yes. those roles as well, Absolutely. what you expect out of Absolutely. a marriage, you know, that's really important too, that I encourage women, um, to think about. And I, I believe, you know, if you are working, especially for the full-time career women or even part-time, I think those should be split more down the middle. The only reason yeah. I do the majority of the chores and stuff is because I am a homemaker. That's it's, I'm not this You're crazy person where You're I'm there. like, you need yeah. to work full-time I, and cook your husband yeah. dinner every night. I don't believe that. And when I worked full-time, I didn't live that way. That's not reasonable. And Caitlin, that is such, <laughs> that is such a scare tactic that's used yes. in the media all the time. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Most couples do not operate that way. No. It's exactly how you just described 
whoever's home more does more. I was home for years yeah. and years and years. I did more. I'm still. Well, and now we have a baby. He's helping out more with yeah. stuff because I literally can't do it. Right. All. Exactly. Yeah. And now that I, my husband's actually been home since COVID. He works, he works out of the house, but he mm. normally travels and hasn't been able to. He's been home for a year. I'm, I have an office outside the home. He's literally doing all the dishes in the laundry, <laughs> you know, Perfect. for the first time really in all these yeah. years. So it's just a, it's just a function. It's functionality. Yeah. It's just, well, yeah. And like I said, there. it's fluid. It changes. It changes year to year. It changes in your season and it should never be, I will never fold laundry in my entire life for my husband. You know, it should be, it should be Whatever based on what done. you're going through. Yes. Yeah. And like, when, like I said, when I work full time, we split it down the middle. Now that I don't, it, it's just, it's whatever works best for the family to amplify both of our lives. I guess and you you're absolutely right about that because the, when you're hearing about that whole, the chore wars and all of that from the media, you're right. It's all full-time working parents who are finding themselves fighting in that and over those things, which, you which, know what I tell them? You, Hire a cleaning lady. Well, Hire yeah. Hire a cleaning yeah, lady. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> if you except, can afford it. Yeah. But Caitlin, <laughs> they're talking about the day-to-day stuff. You can't have oh, someone absolutely. there on yeah. a daily basis to go through all this stuff. And what they're basically complaining about, uh, first of all, they're the ones who are going to, that group is going to have these conflicts in a way that traditional setups right. do not. Oh That's yeah. Number one. Absolutely. Number two, they're having it and they're not realizing that men and women respond to childcare and household chores, especially household matters differently because women mm. see things men don't, or it's mm-hmm. not so much that the men don't see it. It's that they don't care as much as the women do. Mm-hmm. So that whole nesting thing, it doesn't go away just because you're breadwinning full time. Yes. You still have yeah. it and you're fighting that and you're mad about it and you're blaming yeah. him because he's not like you. Yeah. And then well, you and go on your podium and tell everybody that, right. what's that? It's just, it's just very exhausting. You know, when you add the career and then you still have, yes, that nesting urge, you still have those natural female tendencies about yourself. And, and the modern world with those careers isn't set up to accommodate those things. And that's why I do prefer being home because my life now accommodates how I am naturally. And it's life is just a lot easier. I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep that a secret. It is easier yeah, it for is. me to stay home. And, and I do honestly respect and applaud people who make it work working full time, you know, because that's a lot, it's a lot harder. It just is. And I think the sad thing though, is people are surprised that it's harder because they think everyone's doing it and everyone mm-hmm. told you, okay, go get a career, then you'll get married and it'll, it'll just go. flow. And the thing is, it's a very modern concept. Mm-hmm. You know, people, this is another thing. People are mad about women not being in the workforce, blah, blah, blah. They had to stay home. Well, often breastfeeding your newborn child instead of working in the field was a lot nicer of an activity for the afternoon. You know, modern, comfy, cushy jobs are like, that's a very recent thing. There wasn't that many years when women weren't in those environments with men, you know, and, and jobs for so long were just about hard work, you know, and it wasn't about typing away at your computer and doing a brand Deal, you know, no, we're just, finding yourself and you get yes, your identity going. Right, yes. And, but your- even though those jobs aren't like labor intensive, they're still mentally intensive draining. and emotionally draining. Yes. On top of everything that comes with marriage and children and, and marriage is a responsibility. And I think people think, Oh, it's yep. just like living together when you're dating. Yep, exactly. Not really. It, it's different. And, and there's all of this stuff that comes along with it too. And so I guess it's just, if people are finding modern life difficult, they're not crazy. It is difficult. It's not set up to be easy 
And I, and I don't know why that is like, maybe life is just hard, but there are, like you said, ways to go about it that might make it a little more enjoyable, you know, maybe working part-time, maybe getting married younger, maybe making time to date, maybe not trying to climb the career ladder before you're 35, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's options. There are like options. I keep saying. <laughs> yeah, they're viable. They're viable. And yeah. They're yeah. Um, and before we get into, I want to get into the masculine and feminine thing. Cause that's okay. so much about your, what your um, shtick is. Um, for lack of a better word. Um, but just real quick, how did you get to be the way you are with your mindset about it? It's very, um, from my experience, it's unusual for your age. People have always Mm -hmm. wanted to know why I'm different from even Mm -hmm. my age group. And now I'm going to turn that on you and say, Mm -hmm. is it your parenting? Is it your, what is it that makes you, you? Um, I think it's a combination of things. So I've referenced this a few times in my Q and A's, but I was, um, I grew up in a Dutch immigrant community. And so all of our grandparents emigrated after World War II to a rural area in Canada. And then we essentially just grew up with a very Christian Dutch culture that essentially doesn't even exist anymore in the actual Netherlands, but because it's very atheist there, but that Christian culture was really um, fermented in the community I grew up in. And so all of my friends had stay-at-home moms. I was different because my mom worked. And no one got divorced. We had one kid in our class with divorced parents. It was just a very, and not like a hyper-religious, we all wore long skirts kind of thing. It was just, just Christian reformed, straightforward Christian community that had an emphasis on family and the Bible and, you know, wholesome living. And so I think a lot of it is how I grew up just what I talk about now, that was how I grew up and it was very normal. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it, but then also I just really value like wholesome living. (laughs) I, I don't feel happy, my happiest. I don't feel the most comfortable. I in a very high risk environment. And to me, a high risk environment is hookup culture. Um, you know, moving in with a guy before you're married, having kids before you're married. Um, being unsure about where the money's coming from or traveling all the time, not having a future plan. You know, I've always valued security and safety and the, just the logical traditional way things have been. I think that's my personality. And I've seen that in a lot of my fans, they're similar (laughs) where it's like, we value being safe and we value the smaller joys in life. And so I think it's a combination of how I was raised, but also, you know, the environment and then just my personality. And then ultimately to my faith, because when you do look at, um, a lot of these very just rational concepts, they're, a lot of them are very biblically based and that's a huge portion of my audience. And even if it's not biblically based, I have a lot of my audience where they're Jewish or they're Muslim, yeah. you know, it's yeah. religious faith based. And no, yes. although then there's the piece and that you would know more about this than I would, but then there's the, how, then there's the, the feminism that has infiltrated the faith culture. And so, absolutely. So, so what percentage do you think come away with faith and think like you versus mm-hmm. fallen for the, for the, for the lies, so to speak. I think it's a smaller and smaller portion. You're starting to see something that used to be called the emergent church. Now it's just progressive Christianity. And it's essentially people who couldn't reconcile their politics with their faith. And so they switched around things within their faith to fit their politics. And that's very common. I have most of my college friends are like that, even though I went to Christian college. And then a lot of the Christian friends that I grew up with, if they didn't get married, a lot of them did kind of go down that like 
I'm interested in politics and feminism and how I'm how am I going to reconcile this with my faith? So it is definitely having an impact. I think a very small percentage of people um, come out like me because also you have to be slightly headstrong. Yes, you have do. to be willing to question, yep. you know, and you also have to be willing to put your happiness above what other people are telling you are is a good thing. And I think, you know, something I've struggled with in life is like being kind of selfish, you know, that's like a sin area in my life. But it served me in the sense that I was, you know, selfish enough to be like, no, I want to get married young because that's what I know will make me happy. And I don't care what you guys are going to tell me. I'm going to go be a little selfish and live my life path. And, you and yeah, and, you and I just think more people should value their own, you know, lives over just quote, like I said earlier, quote unquote, looking like a good person, you know, because who cares if you look at like a good person, if at the end of the day, you're anxiety ridden and miserable and you wish you were married and you're not, you know, right. it's just, although I wouldn't call it a good person, so you mean it. looking like a cool person, like you're doing the good trendy to thing. the, yeah. Good to like liberals or whatever. Oh you yeah, yeah. 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 Amen. So, okay. So yeah. Okay. So let's masculine get into the feminine. femininity, masculinity <laughs> thing. Okay. Cause yeah. that, so that's so much about what you and I both preach is the complementary yeah. nature of these things. So you did, um, you did this, well, you have a, tons of videos on femininity, but mm -hmm. one of them that struck me was the five ways to be more feminine. And, mm -hmm. um, I thought they were very good. And I liked how you mixed what some people might think of as the more surfacey type stuff with the deeper mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know if you want to go through those five. Um, sure. You're going to have to remind uh, me that. Yeah, I, I know. One of I, my know. First I remember videos. I've had people ask me what I did on some past <laughs> thing and I'm like, oh, what did I say? Um, okay. I have them. I have them here. So no worries. But before we do that really quickly, let's just identify the masculine traits and the feminine traits. You described again, very well, masculinity as protecting, defending, building, and femininity mm -hmm. as beautifying, nurturing, and tending. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you called those things out on the, on the femininity part in that, in that video about five ways. So, so number one for five ways was to beautify your outer self because it mm -hmm. makes you, and this is important, more confident. Mm -hmm. And you were talking a lot about diet and exercise there and just mm -hmm. general looking good mm -hmm. as opposed to letting mm -hmm. yourself go because that yeah. builds the confidence. Not for, oh, look at me purposes, mm -hmm. it's for how you feel, mm -hmm. right? And I've said that about putting on a dress versus sweats, right? Yeah. As a woman, you immediately feel different, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, um, that came up because I was seeing a lot of people get into feminism and then suddenly they would either severely neglect their beauty or they would intentionally do things that would mar their emphasize beauty. that. Yes. Oh. And, and I see some people, it seems to it seems to be from a place of I'm so gorgeous. I can have a buzz cut an extra 40 pounds and still look gorgeous. You know? And the thing is, I think you the should be of, the idea that right, you should be they have this it. concept. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, we're all valuable in the eyes of God. You know, i I totally believe that. Do I think that gives us an excuse to neglect the temple? No. <laughs> and so a huge reason, um, that's a main through line in my content is because beauty for women, you know, it's something that starts when we're so young, you know, where we want to, you know, put on the lipstick, like our older sister or get dressed mm -hmm. up or discover what colors look best on us. It's a natural, it's natural thing that I don't think we need to be, um, making fun of. So many women are like, Oh, that's just superficial or women who care too much about the way they look. They're, they're, 
you know, silly or they're not smart or they're bad women. And I just want to kind of reclaim, um, you know, feminine beauty and spending time on your beauty for traditional women. Because too, you have with the traditional community, the people who won't ever touch makeup or who think it's evil to, you know, work on the way you look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to strike a balance where it's like, it's about like you said, building confidence through this external action point. You know, it's not always easy to have this superfluous concept of being more feminine and just, okay, talk sweeter or be a little more gentle. You know, that's very just, it's a hard concept to just apply to your life today, but can you take better care of your hair today? Yes. Can you start to find silhouettes that look better? Can you have a healthier meal? Yes. And I think that's what I wanted to give my audience is just practical ways to enact things that will make their life better today. Do I think it's the end all be all? No. Do I think if you, you should spend all your time focusing on your beauty? No, but that's why there's obviously four more points to to the video. Okay. So yeah. Number two, beautify your home slash environment. Yes. That's another thing. So many uh, there, I feel like there's this running joke now of like college girls have the grossest houses. (laughs) Just when women get together and live together, it becomes disgusting. And that's just wrong. It should be the opposite. You know, when women get together in college and all live together, the house should be beautiful because we're all, you know, applying our feminine strengths to it. Yeah. And I, and I think women, a lot of women, myself, especially take a lot of joy out of beautifying their space, you know, and that could be different for different people. I love decor. It could be through Mm -hmm. cleaning or organizing, but either way, it's a very, you know, typical Jordan Peterson Mm -hmm. concept, clean Mm -hmm. your room, you know, Mm -hmm. clean your space. Because again, that's similar to um, cleaning up your appearance. It's something actionable that you can do today. And I do think it brings out the feminine nature because it's, it's something you can do in the moment. It's not hard hitting. It's not conflict. You know, you don't have to go, you know, fight at work or do something really intense or labor, you know, it's just sweet and simple and it's light. And I think people need more of that in their lives, especially it's just so dark out there nowadays. You know, if you want to spend time putting up curtains, put up curtains. (laughs) And, but yeah, I mean, the reality is that is a female That's what I meant before about women who are working and then they get frustrated and resentful at home because they really want to nest and they don't have time to nest. And it's okay to want that. Yeah. No, but I mean, they blame um, their husbands or society or whatever for why they can't, but it's, of course, it's a result of the choice they're making. Um, We just are that (laughs) way as women. And my, 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 it's really fun to hear my daughter when she's occasionally home. Um, Now she's in school in Texas, but uh, if, if I'm gone, if she's home visiting and I'm out, working and my husband's been he works at home like i said right now um the the, like the the candle isn't lit the um the air's not on right or something's everything's not right the house is dark he doesn't turn the lights on (laughs) and she's like it's so different when i walk in when you've been there Mm -hmm. you know yeah and And just normal (laughs) there's going to be women who you know don't relate with that but like you said at the top of this podcast I think the majority do. The majority of women do like doing up their homes. Yeah. And and again, I think another reason I think it's important is because I also really value um, being self-disciplined. That's a 
major concept too in my videos and, and cleaning up your room every day, making your bed every mm -hmm. day, you know, Same. keeping a clean kitchen yep. is self-discipline. It's not, it's not really about the way things look. It's more about developing your character through these things, even with the beauty, you know, because a lot of beauty is what you eat and how much you move. A lot of it is yeah. your daily effort to take care of your skin and hair, you know, and ultimately it comes down to self-discipline. And I think underneath beauty or underneath a beautiful home, that's what people find attractive. It's the character of self-discipline. And, and that's another thing, you know, these concepts are also created to help women understand, you know, how to attract men easier. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of women wonder why they can't attract men. And so, and a lot of people aren't willing to answer those questions because it's, it's taboo. But the mm -hmm. thing is a lot of people want to get married. That's a normal thing to want. And, and we got to give people the tools. <laughs> so I do think cleaning your home, cleaning up your appearance. Yeah. I think that's attractive to men. And if you read online men's forums for research, you will yeah, find that that's some of the number one things they complain about. My you know, I like this girl, but she, she can't cook anything or she, yeah. her house is trashed or yep. she's doesn't take care of her body. You yeah. know, that stuff matters in relationships, just like we care about if our men are slobs or don't exercise, you know, we've gone so off the deep end, Kate. Yeah. I mean, from one <laughs> extreme to another yeah. in the last 50 years. I mean, this would have been a, a ridiculous conversation 50 years ago. It would sound funny. You just, you, you'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, number three, and I love this one, and I'm um, always working on it. <laughs> it's just funny because I do preach about it. Um, and I'm much better than I used to be, but be a gentler listener. Be a gentle, oh, gentler mm -hmm. listener. And this, is, mm -hmm. this gets less into about what you look like and more how you behave in a yes. relationship. And when you've been yes. married as long as I have, um, you know, it can be hard. There's a, there, it's very easy when you're dating to be that wonderful listener, right? Mm -hmm. And, and years go by and you have to really keep exercising that muscle. If it's mm -hmm. not something that comes natural to you, which for some people it is, my daughter is a much better, well, yeah, gen, typically <laughs> listener, with other people, not so much with me mm -hmm. all the time. Cause you know, mm -hmm. she's my daughter, but, um, <laughs> um, it, if you're, if you're a natural talker or if you have a lot to say, or if you have a lot of passion or, you know, it's, it's hard. And so I've had to really exercise mm -hmm. that muscle mm -hmm. to get good at it. And I'm still not even there. So I really liked that. Oh, one. well, I, yeah, I included it because it's a call for myself as well. You know, I, I totally agree. You know, when you're a talker, when you're excited about something, you have so much to say. What I've learned, even just since I've made this video, kind of in the past year is that behind gentleness and especially gentle the concept of gentle listening, I believe is just being humble because if you are truly, you know, selfish or even prideful, you're not going to care about the details of other people's lives. You're not going to want to listen to a mundane work story from your husband um, because you're out for entertainment. You're out for mm -hmm. yourself, either what you have to say or if something's boring, you don't want to hear it. And that's a very common trait in modern people, which is sad, you know? And I think to truly care about somebody else, you know, there's that through line of humility and, you know, naturally that represents itself through gentleness and why I included not just be gentle, it was gentle listening is because to listen is to be receptive. And that's just the, the ultimate thing with femininity, you know, Absolutely. to be the receiving partner. That's yep. even the anatomy of the situation. And I think that concept is, it's just viewed as weakness, mm -hmm. but I believe it's, it takes a strong mm -hmm. person to be truly humble, to have the character, to be gentle.
And yeah, and again, including listening because yes, you're receiving information from somebody else. You're not listening to yourself talk all day or you're um, hearing somebody else's ideas. You know, you're making room for that other person in your life. And, and it just also, it truly benefits relationships. Everything I um, try to talk about on my channel, the motive behind most of it is how can we benefit your relationships? Because I think as passionate as I am about homemaking and femininity, the thing, even though I don't talk about it the most, the thing I'm the most passionate about is healthy um, male, female relationships, because that ultimately impacts the next generation. It impacts your happiness throughout your lifetime. And, you know, so yeah, clean your room looking beautiful and listening, like actually listening. And, and that doesn't mean just nodding and staring off into space. It means asking questions yeah. that apply. It means giving feedback, you the know, the best way I help, you know, in my coaching, I do relationship coaching and the best way I help them mm. women get back into that space is what I said earlier is just immediately, um, conjure the image of what you were like when you were dating. There's yeah. just no question that you were doing this like nobody's mm-hmm. business. Like it was the easiest mm-hmm. thing in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you were you're in a completely different space, headspace when you're mm-hmm. doing it. It's nat- it almost becomes natural for you in those months to do that. So just channel that energy yes. that you put forth then and do it again and again I know. and again and again, right? It's like the years together, sometimes women can grow some sort of superiority complex mm-hmm. over their men. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always say he was fine before he met you. You know, he didn't need you. You know, he was thriving. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have gotten together with him if he was, was not a thriving. total yeah. hot mess. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. And so, you know, as much as he might benefit from some advice here and there, you know, treat him with the respect that you had, like you said, when you were first dating, because he doesn't need, like he, he needs you, yep. but he doesn't need yep. you, you know, and yep. that's a home. Well, he doesn't need you to again, direct concept. his traffic. Let's put that yes. way. Yes. And, and that's a healthy thing. It's actually yep. a, a burden off a woman's shoulders mm-hmm. to realize she doesn't have to mm-hmm. mother her man. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to go through the last two kind of quickly because we, sure. we need to close yeah. up. Um, the fourth one is ditch the streaming service, the streaming devices, oh. <laughs> sorry, and replace it with a hobby or something constructive, which yeah. I love because this is, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't yes. agree more. It builds your character. It builds your life up, your personality. You'll be happier for it, you know? And again, it brings out that feminine tendency of nurturing, tending to something. We naturally want to fiddle at things. You know, there's a reason women are all into the knitting and the crocheting and the baking and the cooking and the, you know, the sewing and, and all of that, because we like to create, we do. And I think that's a huge missing piece in a lot of women's lives and and a tv show is not a hobby and it will not fulfill you the same way um you know especially before you have children i think when you have children you obviously don't have as much time right exactly but (laughs) if you're filling all your hours with streaming services yes i can promise you you will be so much happier if you pick up a hobby and and i also encourage people if they are going to watch tv and it sounds like you and i do it the same way where it's like the old days there was a tv there with a couple of channels you decided which one Mm -hmm. you were going to watch you sat down you watched it and it was over you got up. That's, that's how I do it. Yes. And we don't even I, watch TV. We watch yes. movies because okay, it yeah. offers you that experience yes. Yeah, where it's like, we're intentional turn it off, about turn this. it on. Yeah. I mean, turn it on and then turn it off yes. and then no phone. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then watch something, God, watch something old, old. Yeah. There are some yeah. things you can watch today, but very few. <laughs> yes. And well, and well, I think I said in another video, but you know, streaming services 
and like a TV show is not your personality trait. You know, liking true crime is not a personality trait, you know, being and sitting there and being entertained is a passive way to live life. And that's okay for part of your life. But these, these companies have overtaken, mm -hmm. you know, our lives. And I just think it's important to wake up and yep. realize, you know, what are you dedicating your time to, you know, at the end of your life, when I'm not you're saying you're your knitted. Yes. I'm not saying your knitted blankets are going to be necessarily more important to you than, you know, watching six seasons of Dexter, but you might be happier for it and you might have more to give to others, you know? And I think that's, again, what's going to benefit your relationship. That's, I think that's people need part. to just do a challenge for that because it's too hard if they think about it for a lifetime, but just do a week, just do a one week just, challenge yes, of yes. doing this. And you, and I used you don't to have watch to sell it to you. Yes. You'll see on your own. No. Exactly. I used to, even when I made that video, I used to watch TV way more than I do now. Like we don't ever turn it on never. And it's not because of the baby. It was even when I was pregnant, it mm -hmm. just wasn't a part of my life. Um, and that's not because I'm better than other people or I'm blah, blah, blah. It's just because, you know, I made that choice and anybody can make that choice. You don't have to be a specific version of self-controlled to make this choice. No. And in the larger context, what you're really getting at here isn't just specifically femininity, but I but you talked about this in a different video as well. It's really about um, not being a passive consumer of yes. crap that you're letting mm -hmm. into your life, but be mindful of what's coming yeah. in and not letting yeah. it in. Yes. And being active and, and building yeah. the life Proactive. that you, yeah. you know, you want, you know, not sitting back and letting other people make your choices for you. I, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a weird combination of, just relax. It's going to be okay. But also, you know, push yourself, <laughs> be honest and yeah, be active, be proactive. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. This is going to be a lifelong endeavor for us mm -hmm. all. Right. Caitlin. Okay. Number five, last one, regain your privacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're talking about an air, having an a, air of mystery. My mother used way. to tell me this. Yes. That's a sweet way to say, you know, talk, stop talking about vulgar things around other people, especially men. Um, stop airing oh, that's everything so out, common. you know, Caitlin, yeah. that is so common. <laughs> got my think, generation too, not just yours. I think it's, it could be a personality thing with me. I got voted, um, in college, I got voted my floors, Grace Kelly, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> because I was, I, I've always valued just, you know, kind of like a Kate Middleton type vibe, yeah. you know, yep. you, you don't have to be class. it's called class, yes, class. you don't have yeah never goes out you of style have to be like an actual princess to live like this but you you can have that elegance and yeah elegance is a huge topic too on my channel um privacy is i think so many people get turned off with the concept of modesty and that's why i do approach it from the perspective of privacy, privacy. because it's about protecting yourself not just you know your body from the eyes of other people sure that's part of it but there's also just you know, protecting your heart, protecting the details of your life, you know, protecting, um, your vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. I think so many people are like, well, I've even gotten this, um, criticism. Well, you're not authentic because you're not letting us into the private parts of your life. And the thing oh, I yeah. have to say to that is I don't have to, I don't have to let you into the private parts of my life to be real with you about this other stuff, you no, know, and we're so used to knowing every single detail of people, yes. um, from how much weight they gained last week to what kind of 
surgeries they got or the details of their divorce, you know, even of influencers. I feel like a lot of influencers feel like they owe that to their audience and and you don't. I never talk, I rarely talk about my kids and my husband. I never talk about our private lives or what we're doing. And I often think I'm probably one of the few who I'm sure I'd get a lot more attention maybe if I did, you know, yeah, yeah. but I don't care. It's just this exhibitionist way of living that's become the norm. And, and, you know, to be out to brunch and you hear a girl's next at the next table loudly talking about menstruation, you know, it's, it can get a laugh. It can make Mm -hmm. you feel like silly or, you know, daring in the moment, but what are you getting out of it at the end of the day? I feel like it's just very degrading. People Mm -hmm. are self-degrading all the time. And I just, I want my audience to thrive. I want the people who follow me to thrive. And you're not going to thrive if you're just pouring yourself out for people who aren't giving you anything in return, you know, and there's a time and a place to have those conversations. There's, there's moments for giggles about that stuff. There's places to expose what you want to expose, you know, but it doesn't have to be to the whole world. And I think like I, I've put like, you know, femininity really is about reclaiming a level of fragility, you know, and delicacy. And the world wants women to be harsh and aggressive and, and so intense, but you don't have to, you don't have to be like that. You can be delicate. You can be fragile. You can have parts of yourself that you aren't going to share to the whole world. And that's okay. It doesn't make you a weak woman. If anything, I think it makes you wise. And, and I think the wisdom is a huge part too, of that, you know, urgent message to younger women to, to, keep yourself private because so much too, even just oversharing online. So many people have this gross pit in their stomach after they overshare or they, they share too much or, um, or even they just post photos that kind of share too much. And, and I just, again, I think people should have more agency over who gets to consume their life. Mm -hmm. And when you're online, you don't have agency over who's consuming what. And that's a huge problem right now for even me with my content. I really got into the swing of making daily not daily vlogs, but day in the life vlogs. Now that I'm a mom, my day is my son. And I can't put him online like that. I just can't to, you know, I want to preserve his privacy. And I have, you know, I'm not, I don't mind posting a photo of him here and there, Mm -hmm. but it's just, am I going to put my career as a YouTuber over his privacy or even my own privacy? No, I would rather lose all my followers and just go live a normal life. Yeah. I've, I've been so thankful that the first 10 years of my life as a mom, this was a (laughs) non-issue. We just did not have this stuff. Yeah. I can't even imagine have, I look at these people who are just the moment they give birth, they're sharing it with the world instead of just yeah. taking it with, with that moment. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that is something that's been very much lost. Well, that's even some people wanted to sh- me to share my birth story and I actually filmed it and I was going to, you know, but I, did I want to share it? No. And I was talking about it with my husband and he said, you don't have to share anything you don't want to. It doesn't matter how much right. these people love right. you. It doesn't right. matter how much you love them. It doesn't matter, right. you know, how much they want to hear it or how good of a story it is or how bad, you know, you don't have to share anything you don't want to. And it's just been so freeing. You know, I will say, give a little plug for my husband at the, you know, the end yeah. of this podcast. I could not do this without him because yeah. he's the one who's encouraged me so much in these beliefs in, you know, being uh, the fish swimming upstream. And, you know, he's, Same. he's never putting pressure on me yeah. like, Oh I know you're postpartum, but go make a video so we can make some money. You know, he's, <laughs> he just supports me and, and I wouldn't be able to do life without a partner like him. So yeah, I just think it's, 
it's really important for people, like even with the privacy, you know, to tie it all in. It's just like we were saying, it's agency over your own life and building the life that you want and not just being in a constant state of reaction. Yes, you know, oh, exactly. I'm 30. Maybe I should get married, you know, or, oh, I'm, <laughs> I, I want this. So I just, you're just constantly reacting to life versus, you know, you can't plan everything, but you can plan a lot more than you might think you can, you know? Yeah. Stop right there. That's awesome. I really <laughs> like that. That is perfect. That is such a perfect ending to this. Yes. And this has been so great. And I got to tell you a little secret. You are the longest. Um, oh, no. no, 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 no. This is a good thing. <laughs> I'm saying I, I'm really impressed. This is the longest um, interview I've done. And I can't oh, wow. believe how much, how much, how quickly the time went. You're, you're, yeah. you're amazing. You're an awesome guest. Well, we're so very passionate fun. about the same things. So of course we could talk for a day and a year about it. We are. And I don't think people get to hear you in this, in this way. So I would encourage people right. again, some will have heard of you and some won't have heard of you for, as far as my listeners go and tell them again where they can find you. I mean, it's not that hard. But, yeah. yeah. So I have a YouTube channel, Mrs. Midwest. Um, I post content there. I would encourage you to look through my catalog of content. It's evergreen. Um, you'll find a lot of good videos, especially from when um, a year ago or so before I got pregnant and I slowed down. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a blog, MrsMidwest.com. I talk about a lot of this stuff there. And then on Instagram, it's Mrs. Midwest as well. So pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if people, if you guys listen to, you know, watch a lot of these videos as I did in preparation for this. Um, it'll be really fun for you to um, come back and, and listen to her talk after you've seen her do these videos. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a different angle from which to, to hear from you, which has been yeah, awesome. Probably. So <laughs> really appreciate it. And I want to talk to you so again much. when my book comes out. I feel like there's just yeah. a conversation we need to have. I would happens. love to because right now I'm a lazy content creator. So I will go on you, your podcast. Okay, awesome. You can put it yeah, up. you've got to come back. Although this is actually going to air Oh, about a true. month away, a month, six weeks mm -hmm. away from when mm -hmm. it actually comes out, which is August 31st. So it's perfect. Um, I'm looking well, forward to that book. Yeah. Awesome. Me too. Um, right. Yeah. We'll have a great conversation about it. Um, sure. You can be definitely uh, helpful with that. So awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Caitlin. Thanks really loved it. Yeah. You take care. Okay. You too. Bye. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker show. Don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook by typing in the Facebook search bar, the Suzanne Venker show. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.